The holidays are almost over. But welcome into the program. This is For the Win. I am Eric Winalda from Blue Wire Studios here in Las Vegas, Nevada. First thing I would say to anybody out there, because I was thinking about this on the way in, the holidays are always supposed to be a time where you get a break. Are there any of you out there as parents that feel like you just got a break? There's no way that you could throw this into the break category. It's just absolute madness. I have six children. They came in from, they converged on me from all over the place. My daughter came in with her boyfriend from Seattle to be a part of the festivities this year. Got to spend a lot of time with my Tatum Milan Winalda, who is sitting in studio with me today. Cue the cheer. And uh, I was having her Starbucks and watching. If you, if you heard me talk about her on numerous occasions on the program, how she, uh, she is an aspiring young talent. And she looks and she's going to Pepperdine. I am officially, as of Christmas Day, a Pepperdine dad. That was my gift from her. I think her mom got something similar so we can both wear the, uh, the blue and orange, which is cool because blue and orange was always our color anyway because of Westlake High School. So, but anyway, I just don't feel like I got a break. I look like crap. I, I don't feel like crap. I'm just tired. I'm just tired. I'm not complaining. But it was a great Christmas, everything that my family has been through this year. It was great to have everybody together and exchange gifts and the whole bit. The tree, we had some issues with the tree. <laughs> we moved into a new place. And the ceiling wasn't high enough for our tree. So it's one of those fake ones. So you have to build it together. But we, we actually figured out a way to put the, the bottom two together. The lights turned on. And then we had to kind of shape it. If you have one of those fake trees, you know what I'm talking about. Either way, it has been. Because what, what happens to us as soccer people is we totally compound the problem because Boxing Day is a big deal. So we have just had the most stressful days. It could be a great day. You have dinner. Maybe you drank too much. But it's still, if you're like my family and you have young ones, you know, you're up till midnight, one, sometimes two in the morning, putting stuff together. You're rapping. You're doing all of that stuff. And then those guys get up first thing, shaking you awake. You barely make it to the coffee. And then you, you, you don't remember the most important part is that's the, the, the initial we try, we video it, thank God. So we actually have documented their arrival into the, uh, Santa's been there. He's ate the cookies. We made the cookies. Uh, we put the carrots out. We've convinced them that reindeer exist. Have you ever seen a reindeer fly? Yes. And uh, we feel like we've been, we've been good parents. But I, it's just hard because Boxing Day is the next day and those games are early on the, on the West Coast. So you're already up being a football fan and watching the games. But either way, I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. I hope uh, you got everything you wanted. Uh, I got everything I wanted because I got everybody in the same room. That's all I really cared about. And dinner was good. Dinner isn't always good. I don't want to throw my wife under the bus, but sometimes we try to cook stuff and it doesn't come off so great. So this is what we did this year. My daughter Tatum and I went to Costco and we got stuff that all you needed to do was heat it up. $40 filet mignon, right? All you gotta do is heat it up for a couple of minutes. There's no, you can't screw that up, and it was so good. The mashed potatoes were good. Uh, scalloped potatoes. What else did we have? We had, yeah, I can't hear you. My daughter's trying to talk to me in studio. It doesn't work. I don't know what we're yelling about. She's making hand gestures, and I, and I anyway, dinner was great. I got what I wanted. I hope you got what you wanted. Now, if we're going to get to the football, before we get going all the way, one of the last things that I did prior to going into the holiday is I attended the U.S. national team playing against Bosnia. And if some of you who follow me on Twitter, you got to see my rant uh, after the game was over. And I said that they don't care and they don't have heart. 
I feel a need to explain what I was trying to say, because those words, those probably weren't the right words to describe how I was feeling. But what, what, when, you, when you go to that game, right, and that was at uh, Dignity Health, which is out where the old Home Depot Center slash StubHub, where the Galaxy play. And, and it was not a, a good crowd. It was, you know, if you were watching it from the angles that the TV sees, then you would see a fairly good crowd. But they dispersed immediately. But the game was bad. Uh, and when you're on the other side, when you're on the, you know, the, the ritzy side, I guess you should say, and you're sitting on the other side, looking at that, it's just, you know, there's thousands of seats, people just not in attendance. This guy's dressed really cool right now. If I could dress like that guy, I would be, that's, that's, that's kind of a good look. Do you think that's a good look? I think it's a good look. Man, you're looking good. But what I'm trying to say is I was really disappointed with the game. The way that we could beat up on Greg Berhalter all day on this one. But my words were, these players just don't care. They're just in the middle of a project. You know, it was good to see Jordan Morris back out there, but he's limping, by the way. He is limping. He's got a hitch in his step. I see it. And I just hope that, they, uh, that he's doing as much as possible in the offseason to make sure that he's realigned. Playing a lot of games is not a good idea for him right now, coming off of the ACL. But all in all, the team, you look at Pepe's performance, some of the substitutions, to me... And you can't pick on Turner at all because he had a fairly good game. But to me, watching the game and listening to the crowd, now, not in the sense that I was listening to a crowd, listening to the complaints. Do you know how expensive it is these days to get a ticket to the U.S. national team game? That's what I was complaining about. In a, in a, in a, in the, I did it in the wrong way because I made it all about the players. And even Greg you know, sent me a text message just like, dude, we, what are you doing? I mean, we, we always talk about the, the, the culture that were the guys that came before us and all that stuff. That's not what I was talking about. I did, I did reference the old guy on the lawn complaining, but they held up a sign at the end. Hey, thank you, fans. And I was like, who are you talking to? There's nobody here. Nobody can afford it. But I was just when you're getting a, you're getting a beer or you're hanging out, you're going through the, the, the quarters of the, the, you're trying to make your way to your seat. Now people come beside 150, 160 bucks a ticket to see that. You see, I don't understand that. I, I, don't, I, I think that if we are going to really build a culture for the U.S. national team, what is really important is to make sure that it's accessible to everybody. Are we really trying to beat people up? Like, so if one person pays 160 bucks, that's better than eight people that paid 20? I'll take the eight people all day. I, I want more people in the stands. I want these guys to understand that we do care. Not that we just can't afford it, come to, to, come to a soccer game. But this is on the U.S. US uh, Federation. This is them trying to cash in. People are finally wanting to come back to the stadium, and they can, and they're allowed. All you have to do is show your vaccination card, and you're in. And then we want to rob them for 200 bucks per person and then play like absolute shit. And say that was worth it? We did not play well. I don't care what anybody says. Well, it's a project where we're developing. Listen, don't come at me with that. This country has a big issue with what we call developmental academies. And we're developing players. That is all bullshit. All of that. What we are not doing is cultivating a team that knows how to win. We had a bunch of guys out there who can trap and pass the ball. Congratulations. But in all the moments that I saw where it was, hey, turn into that guy. Go at him. Bosnia was terrible. That was a terrible representation of their country. 
I don't know who those guys were, but they were bad. I don't even know who 13 was, but I was complaining about him before he got red carded. The game was ruined, but we could not break down a very bad Bosnia team until the last minutes. And they had 10 men. And that was frustrating to watch. So if, if, if a, 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 an apology is warranted, there it is. I apologize for my rant. I don't want the players to think that I don't care about them, but I needed more. If you're going to put the shirt on, if you're going to represent this country, I don't care who it is against. It doesn't matter. And more important to me is, well, we're working on something. No. We win the game. You win the game, you're in. You find the solutions. If that's what we are actually doing, and that's because we got to get out of this frame of mind that we're teachers. We're not teaching the game. The game is the teacher. As coaches and as managers and as players, we're trying to facilitate a way to break down the opponent, to find solutions, to win the game, not to play well. I don't know when that happened. I don't know when America became a participation trophy. Congratulations, you played. I know why it's happening. I know exactly why it's happening. Because people that, that play soccer in this country are paying to be there. So when you actually say, hey, that's not good enough, we, we want to win the game, they go, hey, can you just be a little bit easier on Stephanie? She, she doesn't need to be told that. I mean, can, you know, just, just take it easy on her. And that, that what ends up happening incrementally, and when you finally get to the, the top level, is we get to a point where it's like, pat on the back is good enough. We won the game. We actually won the game. And the way we won the game was a little embarrassing. But we actually won the game, won nothing. And the United States gets to just to say this is the greatest year that they've ever had in their existence as far as accumulating wins. And I'm finally on board with some of the complainers out there on Twitter that it is about the way you win. And if we are trying to develop into a better soccer nation, we need to develop a culture of winning. We need to get that back. As far as I'm concerned, if you're going to charge people that much money to come watch that soccer game just before Christmas, I needed more effort out of those guys. That's what I needed. I needed to walk away a little bit, but proud. And I walked away disappointed and embarrassed because it was just a, it was like, oh, yeah, all right, when's this game over? I mean, it's on the schedule, so we got to play at Bosnia. Oh, we're, we're, yeah, we're looking to integrate these new guys into the way we play. No, teach them how to play, man. Teach them how to win. All right, that was my complaint. For those of you who took it the wrong way, you need to take a look in the mirror because what you need to think about is, oh, what is Eric complaining about? He sounds like such an ass because he said he doesn't, they don't care or whatever. When he's re referencing the old days and all that crap. What you need to start thinking, you, you need to change the way that you think about the game. And if you really want the United States to be a competitor, you want the United States to make you proud when it really matters in a World Cup, you cannot marry yourself to mediocrity and complain that we're not winning. Shit, we didn't even qualify for the last one because of this mentality. If you don't know that, and you don't, and I know this is really unpopular for me to say this because oh, how dare you, but damn it, that's just not good enough for me. It's not. And if I were in that locker room, and I have been in that locker room in the January, you know, late December game. Bob Bradley had me in the locker room. I think we played Sweden, I can't remember. But I remember my words to the Sasha Klushens and the Benny Failhabers of the world. I remember what I said to them. I said, you don't know if this is the last time you'll ever get a chance to put this jersey on. At least show us who you are. At least go out there and fight. Let it be so, it's so transparent. That guy cares. Look at the way he plays the game. Not stupid, not reckless.
but play the game hard because it's an honor to put on that shirt. It really is. I got to wear it 106 times, 58 times out of position. Still mad about it. All right, I'm done with that. Um, I do want to get into, but I, I do, I do hope that some of you out there who felt that I was out of line, I feel a little bit better about my comments. Um, you know, I think, what was I drinking that night? Michelob uh, Ultra. I'm going to stay away from those. I'm, I'm much better on tequila. If I had tequila, I'm much, I can deal with the world. It works better for me. All that, uh, all that beer that tastes like, like water. We're getting quite a, a, a group of people outside of, the, uh, outside of the studio just kind of staring through the glass. It's a busy day at the wind, by the way. It's always great to be at the wind during the, during the holidays. It really is. I didn't realize how many people would come, will come to Las Vegas as opposed to staying home. And I figured those people out. It's kind of smart. These are the people that don't want to cook. These are the people that just don't want to deal with a mess in their own house and opening presents. This becomes their, their make the mess and let the, let the maids clean up their room. I mean, that's, that's kind of who these people are. And then the buffets around here are off the hook. So I get it. I get it. There's a lot of people here. And you couldn't have picked a better place to be as far as the wind goes. All right, but let's get to the soccer real quick. How many Arsenal fans out there are just <laughs> pumping their fist right now, just sticking out their chest? And how many of you have had to eat crow? Because there were so many of you, the way that Arsenal started, you wanted Mikel Arteta's head on a platter. You were done with this guy. Off with his hands! I mean, I, look, I, I get it. They've, they've climbed up to fourth place, right? And the way that they've done it is, has been worth watching. I mean, they've scored 14 goals in the last three games. I mean, it's a different Arsenal right now. And, and, and they're flying. They have that. You know, they beat up on Norwich pretty bad. I, I, I get it. And, and some of the results, you know, haven't been against you know, great opponents, if you will. Beating West Ham's a big deal. I think what Tottenham is doing right now is also uh, extremely interesting because Antonio Conte has, has kind of flipped it. it the, the team is just playing differently. But Arsenal right now, sitting in fourth, after the start they had, Going into the, the, the new year, congratulations, because that really has been a, a highlight for me to watch that turnaround. I mean, let's face it, the EPL is so much better when Arsenal doesn't suck. Because Chelsea, Tottenham, now West Ham has really you know, thrown their hat in the ring there. And, it, and the games are just better. It's important. It's important. Manchester is always going to be Manchester, and they've got their game today, actually. Manchester's... Uh, back at it so it, it and that's they've had their little their, their break due to the covid situation but i think all in all arsenal has played a style of football which it took a while and 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 i really do think I, i'm not going to applaud the arsenal fans for their patience because they're not patient people they're just not man as, as much as arson Wenger had done for them it was like a run of four or five bad results and they wanted him out but arteta deserves a lot of credit right now the way that they're playing, there was a moment in there a couple of games ago where it's just, I think everybody touched the ball and their goalkeeper is just, you know, getting out of trouble, breaking pressure. They're trying to, they're trying to, to the opposition is really trying to pin them and just through, through talent, through quality, they're able to break and score a great goal. Uh, anyway, it's good to see Arsenal uh, on the bounce. Chelsea is, I, I had picked them to, to kind of run away with it this year, but certainly Man City has, has caught form at the, Six to three uh, against Leicester now in their last game. Everybody's contributing. Everyone's healthy, and, and they're, they're phenomenal to watch. Chelsea's getting Lukaku back, and the conversations are starting. Why is Christian Pulisic playing the nine? Timo Werner and Lukaku have had their, their injury issues all year, but, but there's been numerous occasions where you've seen 
Christian Pulisic, who is a winger. He's a winger. You know, he's it's it's not that he's not that he's not big enough, or it's like, he's just it, and I, I and this is going to sound wrong, but it's a different kind of clever playing as a forward because there's times when you just don't want the ball. I remember you know someone like uh, Aguero would would get criticized for for really not checking to the ball. And he was just shake it off. That's not my job. These guys are good. They'll hold the ball. I'll get to where I need to go and I'll, I'll finish the play, but I don't need to bail you out. Christian Pulisic does a lot of attempts to bail people out from the forward position. If you really watch it from the tactical side, he gets himself stretched and he doesn't, he doesn't, he, he's trying to, to play the way he wants to play within that system or whether it doesn't really matter who's around him. It could be Havertz. It could be Mount. It could be a couple of different, uh, a couple of guys get they, they were are kind of filling in. There's a good rotation of six or seven guys that can that can all play in that front three. And the truth is is that that this is why we are starting to speculate as as to what you know when when is Pulisic like just going to say I'm out? I I, I want to go somewhere else and play. I threw it out there that uh, that uh, he would have been a great option to go to Barcelona, thinking that. Um, he gets some playing time and it really kind of revamped them. Looks like they're trying to make some moves now. Man City's now involved. There's a couple of players are, are making their way to Barcelona. People are surprised about that, but I'm not. I, th- I think that uh, when you really get to it, get to the bottom of it, when you have Xavi as the coach now, there's a lot of guys that want to go there and see what that's all about. They really do. You go back to a couple of years ago, before Rakitic even got there, I think that that was a team that established itself because they went through a time there where it was like Neymar shows up and Suarez and, and playing with Messi and, and you're thinking, wow, that's, but that wasn't the best football that they played. That wasn't. It was with David Villa and Pedro. Busquets just kind of sitting in there with Xavi, Iniesta, and Messi. That was the better team because they just had such a great understanding of, and, I, and of course, Puglio was, was for me one of the greatest captains of all time. But then, and, and also, let's go there. You can say whatever you want about Valdez, but he, was, he might be better than the current option they have. It, it became a thing where I don't know if Tristegen is a guy that fits in with that, that whole team. But when they get their culture right, Barcelona is hard to beat. Right now they're floundering, and they got Ancelotti taking shots at them, saying they're not even a, a rival right now. There's four other teams that we're worried about. That doesn't even feel right to me. But I understand the stab. I understand what he's up to. Uh, Man City, uh, we have to talk about them. I mean, it's just been phenomenal to watch. Uh, we've talked about him on previous uh, Pep on, on previous podcasts, how he is constantly, you know, looking to improve the team, and he just never takes his foot off the pedal. And, and the ideas that 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 he represents, and and the way that he has his team playing, and the the, the weapons that he has, uh, is fairly terrific. So I, Man City, I mean, most of the pundits in England are now kind of coming out of that saying it's, it's really a two-horse race, and they're really believing that Man City's going to run away with this thing. It's, it's hard to argue that right now with them being you know, double figures ahead of Chelsea. So it's, it's, it's something. You know? and, then, and look, the results when they, when they start coming out and you see maybe a Tottenham and, and Liverpool, you know, they, they draw two to two, and you say, well, both of them lost an opportunity there. It's going to get good. It's going to be better than just a one-horse race. I don't think Man City runs away with it. I think they will stumble at some point. But you really have to commend them on some of the best soccer we've seen in a long time. And Pep is certainly driving that. I guess another interesting component of a sitting in fifth place now is Tottenham. And that's, you know, that Antonio Conte arrives. You know, you see, 
a guy like Oliver Skip. But this guy might be, if you look at the way that, that, that they play, and Harry Winks has had some, some moments in there, but, but if you look at if the way that they play, you need to understand Antonio Conte, the way that he plays. And, and this, is gonna, this is just the reality of what it is, and I know more than I should, but it's pattern play. You know, everyone's saying, oh, look at, look, look at you know, Skip. He's, he's, he never loses the ball. He had the highest passing percentage of, of any player uh, in, in the last couple of games. And he's, he's just completely loved by Antonio Conte. Let me explain that. There, there are, there's a way that, that uh, Conte played when he was with Chelsea. It's the same thing he did at Inter, and it's the same thing he's doing now. Not everybody has figured it out, but it creates pattern play where you have outs, meaning you can blindly hit the ball. If the ball's coming to you, you don't even have to look. But you know if you hit it in a certain area, you're going to find your, your target because all those guys are being essentially coached into positional play. And there are, there's variations of it, but everybody's on the same page. His system works. So that's what you're seeing with Conte. It works. It works. And when you get the right pieces, and I would certainly say that Oliver Skip is one of the guys that is a perfect piece for what he's trying to accomplish. I was reading an article. I can't remember who wrote the article. I, I might even mix it up, Skip's name. But the truth is, this guy is going to play exactly the way Antonio Conte w- wants him to play. And when you see Conte jumping up and down on the sidelines, it's not because his team scored. If you could read his mind, he's screaming as loud as he can, my system works. I'm a genius. It's all about him. So don't get too, too confused in there. But I do like what Tottenham's doing. I do. I think, that, uh, I think that it's much more interesting when the top five look the way it looks right now. Manchester United has a chance today to, to pull some points back, but that's so here nor there. I think they're in the middle of a project as well. But either way, Boxing Day was fantastic. I think, I think when we get to January 2nd, those are some great fixtures that, that we can pay attention to. I apologize for not really jumping into too far into the Bundesliga. I, uh, they went on their break anyway, and they won't be, they won't be back for like a couple more weeks. I, did, I think this is the best time of year for the EPL. I know the weather stinks, but you know with everybody on break, now there's just so many things to talk about. The games have been f- phenomenal. I guess as far as I, I, I kind of skipped through Liverpool there, that wasn't intentional. I, I, I think it's just become such a constant now that we expect them to be a part of the, the conversation on, on all levels. And, you know, it's just a matter of whether they win the big games. You know, Tottenham's beaten up on Norwich and Brentford, and, and you know, I think their leads, like the first game out of the shoot was against Everton with a 0-0. And it was like, okay, great, this doesn't look great. But it, since then, the, despite the whole Europa disaster, I, I, think, uh, I think Tottenham's a, a team, team you got to pay attention to. you got to pay attention to. It's, you know... And Harry Kane has, has certainly figured out a way to, to kind of get through that speed bump that he had uh, spinning out of the beginning of the year. I mean, there's a lot of speculation there. But look, I, as we move into the next couple of days, uh, there's another topic that I, I want to jump into really quick. Because if you, if you start watching and listening to some of the information coming out on Ricardo Pepe right now, and, the, and then you start seeing people like Salazar from ESPN, they'll go back in time and they'll do an interview with Jurgen Klinsmann, who was kind of warning everybody to pump the brakes on this kid. But if you look at what, what's about to happen, it looks very, it, you know, it's, he's very keen on going to Europe. Uh, but if you go back and listen to that Jurgen Klinsmann interview, 
uh, and, and, I, and I know that some of you hate to hear this, but Jurgen Klinsmann, was, before he was fired, was right about a lot of things. If you really think about what his messaging was to U.S. soccer, he wasn't trying to criticize Major League Soccer. He was basically saying, if this country is going to be a better soccer nation, we have to have our players playing in the best teams in the biggest leagues in the world. Now, by saying that out loud, you piss off Don Garber. And then Don Garber gets on the phone and starts to try and tell everybody, how can this be? This guy can't be our national team coach. You know, we're, we're sitting here trying to raise $350 million for the next franchise, and this guy's telling everybody that this league sucks. That's what happened. But the truth is, is Klinsman was right about everything that he said. Everything. And one of the things he said about Ricardo Pepe is, is he needs to go somewhere where he's going to play. Now, this is where you got to be careful. How's that working out for Josh Sargent, sitting at the bottom of the prem with uh, not a goal to, to speak of? I watched him trip on himself the other day. He's losing confidence, and he's playing in a bad team that, that ran into a, a, a rough run of fixtures where they're not going to win any of those games. And now the talk is Josh Sargent completely out. Pepe's the new, you know, I don't want to say flavor of the month, but he is the guy that everyone's expecting big things from. Now the kid's young. And he wants to make the jump to Europe. And he is 18, so now we can talk to him. A lot of people complaining about his agent. Uh, not a lot of people happy with Matthew Hoppe's agent is either because of his, his current circumstances and, and the fact that he's fallen out of favor. I mean, Reynolds, for example. By the way, $7.5 million to Roma. I watched him play against Bosnia. If he was really on their radar, then he would be in Roma. But he wasn't. He was here playing against Bosnia in California, trying to showcase himself because he hadn't been on the field in so damn long. Nobody can remember what he looked like. 7.5. I'm sorry. I, I'm going to sound like, you know, whatever. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay $750 for him. He's not that good yet. And he wasn't worth 7.5. 7, 7 but Pepe is, is, is now being rumored at $15 million. So everything that's working out over there at the academy system with FC Dallas, it looks like they've produced some players. They really have. Uh, there's this little guy, and he's, he's got a bag of M&Ms. He's the cutest thing I've ever seen. Merry Christmas. He's outside. He's just kind of waving outside the door. Did we get that kid on, on video? Oh, man, uh, you guys are amazing. They're producers of this show. They really are the best part about it. I just sit here and talk. But here, here's the thing. Pepe is, is going to be on his way to Wolfsburg, it looks like. Now, before we get too crazy about that, it is, it is a big club. Uh, it's a club that has had a very good reputation when it comes to, you know, I don't want to use the word developing, but at least giving players the platform to grow into themselves. Let's go back in time, guys. Kevin De Bruyne was there. It's something to think about. But if you're Josh Sargent and you go to Werder Bremen, who has always been a staple of the, the Bundesliga, and you get relegated, yeah, that was a good reason to get out of Dodge. That was a good reason to go over to the island because they don't want to even see you again. Now, this is what I worry about with Pepe. Does he get time? If the team's in good form, it's not an easy team to make. And when you're looking at the, the World Cup coming, you have to be in good form and you have to be playing games. And that will be the concern. This will be the concern with Christian Pulisic. If this continues, this training's had a good run of games three in a row, but when you get, into, uh, you get into a bunch of games where he's not seeing the field in really important moments, then we, then we all start to worry and we take to Twitter and we start saying, he's got to move, he's got to move, he's got to move. It's funny how this works because, you know, when you're young and, and you just want to, I want to go to Europe, I want to play in Europe. It's a big place, man. 
and it has to be the good, a good fit. And it can't be about the agents. I mean, the agents, the agents are running Major League Soccer right now. Do I elaborate on that? Do I keep going? How much trouble do I really want to get in? I don't know. But to give you an example, the way this works in Major League Soccer is when a player has been identified and he's going, and, and there is a team, let's say it's Sporting Kansas City. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying a name. This, this is a fictional story. And they say, we really like this guy. Our scouts have found this guy in Argentina. Let's contact the player. The rules state that you have to announce that as a discovery player. Regardless of who that guy's agent is, there are several people who are immediately alerted to that. Immediately. And now the player is getting text messages from people he don't, doesn't know, agents, who run this league, saying, well, if you want to get into Major League Soccer, you have to use me. End of story. And that stuff happens. Sometimes the deal is quashed and sometimes it's over. Or sometimes the kid just wants to come. And whoever had been helping him, I was trying to stray away from the word develop again, whoever has been giving the guidance or, or maybe he even had a plan is now obsolete. You got to work with these guys or this deal ain't happening. That's rough. That's a rough thing to say out loud, but that's happening. That's happening right now. Now, it's, when it's the other way around, it, it gets a little different. You know, when we're trying to export a player, that's a little different. But the, on the import process, with the way that these clubs are spending money, there's, there's a couple of guys that have, this, have, have, a, have a stranglehold on who comes in and who doesn't. And a lot of sabotage going on in there, which is really sad to hear. But that, you know, now I'm getting all negative. I don't want to get negative. I, I want Pepe to, to find a place to play. If it's Wolfsburg, by the way, sounds great. You ever been to Wolfsburg? Okay, a lot of trees. It's a lot of gray. A little different from flat Texas. There's going to be a whole, a whole issue there because it's like, whoa, where am I again? It's, he's 18. He's 18. And, and I look back at, you know, at a lot of guys that went through what we went through in the 90s. Man, we went everywhere. We were Romania, Bulgaria. Back when Yugoslavia was still Yugoslavia. We, we, we were Spain, Italy, Switzerland, Liechtenstein, Luxembourg. Sweden, Norway, Finland, Russia. We've been everywhere. Man, all we saw was the training field and the hotel because that's all we needed to see. We were on a trip. But the reality is, is how Pepe handles this. Only time will tell, but it will be a test of his character. It's lonely over there. Are they going to make the effort to make sure that that acclimation process goes the right way? Does he have someone to talk to? Is he going to lunch alone? Is he, been, is he just going to figure this out? There's a lot of stuff in there. There's a lot of things in there that, that people don't consider when they say, when they think it's so glorious just to go to Europe. Europe will beat you up. So I'm hoping it's the right fit. And I'm hoping that this conversation isn't dictated by an agent. You know, it would be best for Pepe to get on a plane, for someone else to pay for it, and for him to go check out his surroundings before you sign on the dotted line. The famous story a long time ago, um, Argentine player, who thought he signed a contract with Hamburg but he didn't. He signed a contract with Holmberg, H-O-M. <laughs> that was a real, he was like, wait, wait, I thought, I saw the pictures. This isn't it. He played a couple of years there and then he ended up getting out, but careful, 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 because it has to be the right fit. And again, Josh Sargent is figuring out right away that sometimes what looks good on paper doesn't feel right on the field.
And when the statistics are obsolete and there's nothing to talk about, people start, you know, throwing you to the wayside. And I don't want that to happen to Josh either. But he certainly is a player that has lost his form. But let's, let's pay attention to this one. By next week, we might have an answer when it comes to Ricardo Pepe. If he, if he goes, $15 million is the asking price. Is that a little bit too much? Maybe, maybe. I'd rather see the deal get done. I think I mentioned this on Twitter. I'd rather see the deal get done and, and him be in the right place, in the right frame of mind, not trying to live up to a dollar number because that, that is also a responsibility that he will be held accountable for. And maybe at the age of 18, he's not completely ready for that. Either way, uh, he didn't look very good against Bosnia, to be honest. And I think he was playing not to get hurt. Uh, and he missed, he missed a sitter from about, I don't know, me to my computer, if you watch the game. And these are all things that I worry about as a former player because I know what can go through your head. I know what can affect you. I know what, the, what that feels like to have that kind of responsibility. And I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, regardless of what he has come out and publicly said, that he's entirely ready for that. He's going to need help whether that comes from an agent or a friend or a teammate. If you're going to end up in a, in, a, in a club like that, you're going to need a little help. And I hope it works out. All right, that's it for today. My daughter's here. So I, I got stuff to do. We've already, we've already had a kind of a cool morning. We might, shopping might be on our, on our um, agenda today. There she is. Uh, well, I hope that makes it on the, uh, uh, on the final reel. Uh, but she is absolutely a beautiful girl and a woman, I should say. Uh, with, a, with a very bright future. This is why I worry about this stuff, guys. I worry about Pepe, who's 18 years old. I have a 17-year-old daughter who's going through something very similar. On the next podcast, I am going to talk about how stupid youth soccer is and how some of you parents literally need to just put a sock in your mouth or get a lifetime supply of lollipops. Because if you're sucking on that lollipop, you can't yell the stupid shit that you yell at, at, at your kids. You just stay the hell out of it. All right, that is it for today. As I always say, I hope you, first and foremost, let's go backwards a little bit. I hope you had a great Christmas. Going into the new year, I hope the new year brings you joy, happiness, love, all the good stuff. Uh, I'm certainly hoping for that. We've all been through a lot as a, as a nation, as a world. As, uh, this... this uh, this has been a weird couple of years. And I was reminded of that the other night at the uh, Foo Fighters concert. Times like these. Times like these. It's a brilliant song, but it really reminds us that uh, this, it's, a, it's a time for us to prioritize and certainly count our blessings. Enjoy the rest of the holidays. I hope you enjoyed this program, and uh, I'll hear you next time.